gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution you to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! All right, welcome in. Three dudes with a view. I am dude number three, Del Kennedy. It's another dreary, damp, cold Thursday. The street lights are on downtown. It's that dark outside. And I guess, are the, are the schools still closed? No, two, two, hour hours, late. two hours late for uh, Murray County Public Schools. Okay. All right, dude number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing? I'm doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. Good morning, Delk. Good morning, everybody. It's a cold, cold, smoggy morning, man. It is. That's been a, been a cold, foggy week. Um, regular special guest, dude, Debbie Matthews, how are you? Good morning. It hadn't kept the buttercups from coming up. Mine are all springing up on my street. Oh, which wow. Is a, and the forsythia's out, which is very strange already Wow. in January. Wow. Okay. Well, it's February now. Yeah, but, I'm but not sure it's been a whole week. Months. They're out. So, yeah. So, poor things. Poxley Tiny Field says there's going to be six more weeks of cold weather. Yeah, that's an up north groundhog. I don't, I don't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> Yankee Phil. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You better right. listen, Delk. You better listen. Pay yes, attention. Sir. All right. We, we've got a couple of uh, very special guests to talk about something that's going to be uh, on the table for education in Murray County and uh, it's something that that we've not seen before uh, or had experience with and uh, so and it's the kind of the possibility of a classical charter school in Murray County an application has been filed with the Murray County School Board by American classical schools to uh, create a charter school here in Murray County, uh, I'm 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 still in the mode of trying to understand exactly what the proposal is uh, before I come to any conclusions about it, uh, how it would work, what it would cost, what would be available to the children, uh, just the whole nine yards. And so, toward that end, we've got people who know how this might work. First of all. Uh, I want to welcome back Phil Swank, with who is with American Charter Schools. His organization is the one who's just filed the application to create a school. Good morning, Mr. Swank. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you. And then chair of the Murray County School Board, Michael Fulbright. How you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. All right, Mr. Swank, let's, let's try to get straight first, and then we'll sort of turn it loose for questions or even comments. But straight first on exactly what we're talking about and how it would work. Uh, it's my understanding that y'all propose to build a school which would initially be K through five, mm-hmm. and as the fifth graders ex- advance, you you would eventually be a, a full K through twelve school. Is that how it works? That's correct. Yep, one and, year per year. 
And it's it's a classical school. Can you tell us what that means? Uh, sure. It's just the approach that we take to educating kids. Um, again, that's one of those things I could talk about for hours. Uh, but it's it's really a, a kind of education that we've had for most of our history. Um, a lot of times we talk about it being a new thing. Uh, but it's the same way that uh, many people who were educated 50, 60 years ago had classical educations. And if you go back as far as like the founding fathers, they were all classically educated. Um, but it's, uh, I think the simplest way I talk about it, it's really about the whole person in the sense of not just being intellectually sound, uh, but morally sound as well, that they'd be good people. And it's based on a conversation that we've had for thousands of years, uh, considering some of the larger questions uh, in humanity um, and talking about those things that we uh, desire to be um, through story. Um, so it's very much focused on very high literacy levels, uh, a lot of words, a lot of books, a lot of primary documents. Uh, we do things like teaching Latin and um, you know, having uh, significant Socratic uh, conversations as the, the kids grow older. Um, but it's uh, something that uh, has been around. Uh, we know it to be effective and uh, uh, is very much focused on who the individual is and the worth of the individual. Okay. Uh, I mean, I like to think of it as just reading, writing, arithmetic. Is that, is that fair? Well, that's part of it, but uh, that, that has to do more with the knowledge, which is good. I mean, intellectual knowledge is important, but I think as parents, most of us recognize that, yeah, we want our kids to be able to read and write and to be numerically sound, but we also want them to be good and decent human beings. And so classical schools are part, that's part of the conversation. I mean, we're always talking about things like prudence and moderation and responsibility and courage and friendship and all these things that have been valued by societies for thousands of years and having students model those behaviors in school each day. Um, so, yes, it's, of course, we want kids to be very good at reading and writing and speaking. Um, if you know, classical schools is based around what's called the trivium, which is grammar, logic, and rhetoric. And if you unpack each of those, it has to do with this, uh, this knowledge that you're talking about, uh, making sure that we have significant information and that we also are able to use it to reason and logic. So we do purposely teach things like logic um, and rhetoric. Uh, you should be able to speak in a way that is uh, able to persuade but done compassionately. Okay. Now, it's my understanding that this w- this would be a public school, first come, first serve. That's that's how whoever applies first is the one who gets to come and be open to any Murray County student, initially K through 5, eventually K through 12. Have I got that right? That is correct. And if there are too many applicants uh, for the number of seats that we have, we have what is called a lottery. It's a public lottery. Um, so it just becomes a random draw to fill the seats. And as seats become available, the next person in line gets in. Yep. Okay. Now, let's, let me think. You're talking about building a school in the Columbia area. Approximately what size? Well, it would have to house at top end about 650 to 700 students. Uh, we would start with about 300 to 340 students, and as it grew to K-12, the building would have to take about 700 kids. Who would pay for that building? Uh, we would, meaning American classical education. So there would be no going to the county commission trying to get funds to build a school? No. All the, the, not only the building or the refurbishing of a building or the maintenance of the building fall on the school itself, the charter. Now, the, the funding mechanism, I, I, if, I, if I understand it correctly, is that the state money allocated per child will go to American classical schools. In other words, the state money follows the child. Is, is that right, or have I got that wrong? Well, the majority of it does. Um, obviously, if your local educational agency, so your board approves of us, a percentage of that, about 4%, makes its way to the district as well as an administrative fee. But most of it follows the child into the actual school. And so from those funds, uh, 
a school will be uh, built and educators hired and books and classrooms and all that goes with it. Sure. The building part's not. I mean, it'd be very difficult to do it based just on per head. Uh, that's money that's been given to ACE uh, by private individuals and donation. But as far as the maintenance of the building, yes, it's based on the money that comes in per student. Um, so, I mean, just as far as the specifics on that, when a school is set up, a charter school, you don't actually see the funding from the state until October. It's called norming because it has to be based on the actual number of kids that are in the building. So most charter schools have to have some kind of money that floats them to that area. But everything else, as far as paying teachers, uh, you know, the other staff, uh, paying the bills every, you know, every month, uh, getting books, that kind of stuff, yes, that comes in in that uh, per end, that the annual amount that we get per child. Well, how does American Classical Schools fund the building of, of the charter school? So we've had some very uh, generous private donors. Uh, most charter schools have people that will put up money to, to start the schools, because you have to have money, obviously, to start. Okay. Um, and we've had some very generous donors. Okay. Um, what am I leaving out? What are the other details? Uh, well, the charter schools will be able, the students there will be able to participate in the sports within the county so they will have sporting uh, facilities and if they get to the point where they need transportation to and from um, and Phil can explain this better that they would contract with the public schools to figure that out okay well let's take those one at a time would would you anticipate that when you're K through 12 that you would have a you know, a full sports program with sports facilities and all that kind of thing? Well, it depends on the demand of that community. So, yes, um, we can. Um, obviously, a startup schools uh, usually starts with smaller sports. You don't have a full capacity, meaning you might right. start with running like cross country right. Right. Or, you know, or smaller sports. Usually, the last sport that you see at a smaller school is like football, for example. It's a costly sport and it takes a lot of players. But the way that the uh, state is set up is if you do not have the sport at the school that you attend, you can participate with your another school that's in the county you can co-op yeah co-op it's happening All right, and what yeah. about transportation dude is uh is there busing available to the charter school? So transportation is part of what would be the dialogue with the district as far as how that works, meaning it could be everything from buses to parents driving to vans that we get to to get kids to school. Obviously, as a public school, any student that comes to our school has to be given the opportunity by transportation to get there. Um, so frankly, each school system is a little bit different. You'll have some where you will use specifically the bus system that is provided by that county. Uh, you might have uh, parents that bring their kids. Um, if there was a need, for example, we could uh, purchase vans to go get children that need to come in. Uh, there's a lot of flexibility that we have as a charter school, but a lot of that is in dialogue with our, our local sponsoring agency. Which would be, in this case, the Murray County School Board. Absolutely. Okay. Um, let's see. I had something else. Clayton, what, everybody go around, who, and particularly uh, Michael Fulbright, chair of the board uh, Chairman Fulbright, do you, do you have questions? Are you? I don't have any particular questions. We've had a lot of opportunity to ask questions over the past couple months. A lot of it's spelled out strictly in TCA code, passed by the legislature, so there's not a lot of room for flexibility, quite honestly. The uh, timeline for application, the provisions that uh, they provide and we provide as far as the school board goes, that's pretty well spelled out. Uh, one thing just through our conversations that's really struck me is your emphasis on partnerships Absolutely. and how we have to work together to make these things. You referenced it in terms of busing and how that partnership has to be uh, ironed out, and I think that's one of the things that 
I've seen is the willingness to work together with the school board um, to make it a successful endeavor. Absolutely. uh, Mr. Swank, what about uh, special needs children? Sure. We're a public school. Um, there will be students that uh, choose to come to our school that have special needs. Um, uh, I talk about that quite a bit. Uh, I've been in education for more than 30 years, or close to 30 years, which is <laughs> crazy to me. But, um, but yeah, no, we of course, we have any student that comes, and by law uh, and moral responsibility, you take care of students that have special needs. Um, generally speaking, in the United States, about 10 to 15 percent of all schools have a special ed population. Um, that also includes, uh, if we bring in English language learners as well, but yeah, no, part of our job is to make sure that every student is served and served well and that they have access to the curriculum that we're providing. Just like any other public school. Absolutely. Now, does American Classical School have uh, schools, charter schools open in other places presently? Uh, yes, there's currently just under 25 around the country in 12 other states. Okay, none in Tennessee so far? No, this would be the original. Okay. All right. uh, Dale, if you don't mind, I've got a Coach Mike about, Lyle, folks, a retired uh, English teacher himself. So. Yeah, and, and coming from that uh, perspective, as as you hire the teachers, would you be following your own salary schedule, or do you follow the county's uh, salary schedule? We would have okay. our own salary. You have schedule. your own. Okay. Yep. So, all right. Well, let's see, Coach. It's time. Well, it's not quite. Clayton, you got a question? No, you know I. Uh, you know, not really. I, you know, we had this discussion before, and and, and I, I, I'm I support classical education, obviously, as you know, dealt with uh, my two younger kids, and just seeing what they've been able to do um, has really been incredible. I, I just I think you know, I, I think there's nothing. From my opinion, I see nothing but benefits here. So I, I'm interested uh, to talk to Mr. Fulbright and see what um, you know. How, how the Murray County Board of Education feels about this. Yeah, uh, and let's do that after the break, Clayton. I, yeah. I, I tell you what, what, what I found out that I, I didn't know the last time Mr. Swank was here, and I wanted to hear it from him, you know, we, the county uh, is under, uh, I mean, under the gun to try to build a tremendous number of new schools for the anticipated growth in the next few years. Right. And, Lord, we were talking about I can't remember. I mean, millions and millions and millions of dollars, probably more tax increases to build the schools that are going to be needed. And now to find that at least one major school uh, could be built uh, without funds from the county, uh, that may be a game changer for me. Let's take a break and come back. And um, I know other people have got questions and comments, and let's, let's see where we go. For 60 years, people all over Middle Tennessee have returned to Parks Motor Sales again and again because they get the best vehicles and best service possible. Go to ParksMotorSales.com for options. New Buicks, pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, financing, certified technicians, parts, tires, and more. Then stop by 919 Nashville Highway, test drive a Buick, and see why the Buick Encore and Buick Enclave are among America's most reliable vehicles. Experience the new Buick at Parks Motor Sales. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. 
You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Have you been hauling your own garbage to the convenience center? Are you tired of doing it? Does your work schedule keep you from hauling it off regularly? Is your teenage son not taking it off like he promised when he got his driver's license? Do you have something better to do on Saturday? If any of these questions strike home to you, call the Garbage Man at 931-540-0919 and your problem will be solved. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. We're back. Three dudes with a view. My name is Del Kennedy. I'm dude number three. Don't forget, you can uh, send comments on Twitter to at WKOM, WKRM. And uh, I don't don't know if we have a text line right now or not, but we're working on it. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, how you doing? I'm doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody out there. Regular special guest dude, Debbie Matthews. Good morning, everyone. So glad to be here. And folks here to talk with us about the charter school application, which has been lodged with the Murray County School Board from American Classical Schools to build a approximately 
700, 750 student uh, school here in Columbia or the Columbia area, which will eventually go K through 12. It'll be a public school, first come, first serve. It will uh, advance a classical education, which is just an old-fashioned, rigorous, uh, not only the basics, but also some things to teach kids how to uh, think, critically analyze, things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe even a little Latin. And uh, the school would be built by American Classical Schools at no cost to the county. Uh, It would be operated by funds that come through the state on a per-student basis, which the classical school would receive. They would serve special needs students uh, and sports and whatnot are definitely a possibility depending on what the families and students of the school want. It'll start out as K-5 through and eventually be K-12. through I think the Murray County School Board uh, is expected to act on the application within the next month or two. That's so now, now's the time to be talking about it, learning about it. Uh, and uh, so let's uh, let's go first. Well, I, I want to make sure all our panelists have got their questions out. Questions for either uh, Chairman Fulbright, Chairman of the School Board, or Mr. Phil Swank, who's with American Classical Schools. Uh, Let's see, Clayton, I think you went last. You had something else you wanted to talk about, to ask about? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I think I got two questions, actually. Um, what happens if a student's struggling in the school? Um, say they're a senior in high school, and uh, we see this a lot. You know, I'm sure principals see this a lot, and, and you know, each year, a student's not on track to graduate. What's the process there? Well, it's, it's interesting because that's one of the most basic concepts of a teacher. Um, you know, it's funny because we've, uh, in this country, we've gone to dialogue around t- testing and it's become almost like a bad word because <laughs> uh, perhaps we, we may over-test our kids. Uh, but at the basis of teaching is assessment. Um, and assessment is how a teacher knows if he or she has been effective in teaching a concept or a topic to kids. Um, so good teachers are constantly aware of that kid that is struggling for whatever reason. And part of who we are as teachers is that we seek other ways to teach whatever that is to scaffold that child understanding. And whole school systems can do that differently. It can be the teacher. It can be various teachers. It could be paraprofessionals or, like, student assistants. Um, you have specialists, especially when you start talking about special ed education and those types of things, people who it's their work to get that child on task. Um, so as an administrator, part of it's the scheduling. It's how you set up schedules to make the kids are getting the time and the personnel they need, uh, getting people with them that allow them to understand a topic. Um, so our expectation is not just, like, it's funny because we talk about seniors as far as graduation, and that's a big part of it, but frankly, it's about what making sure that they leave knowing stuff. Uh, one of the big issues that we're seeing in the country is there's people getting a diploma, but to have very low skill levels. So for us especially, it's not just getting that child to graduate. We want them, obviously, to have a diploma, but to be learned in that diploma. So we have to scaffold them all the way through. Um, I mean, if we're getting a kid in the 12th grade, that's a different lift than having a kid that we have in the 4th grade by the time they're 12th graders. What's your typical graduation rate? Uh, all of the schools, all the BCSI schools are well over 90. I mean, it's we, we graduate our kids. Okay, folks, and I may have neglected to reintroduce Phil Swank. He's with American Classical Schools. He's here with us, and he he's answering questions. And we also have Michael Fulbright with us, who's chair of the Murray County School Board. Um, 
He may have some questions himself, or may you may address some questions to um, Mr. Fulbright. Uh, Coach Mike Lyle is on the board, a retired English teacher here in Murray County, uh, and he's got some questions, I think. Uh, I'll get uh, back to kind of a, an add-on to what Clayton was saying before. What's the target ratio of student-to-teacher as, as you all are building this? Uh, I know... You know, being able to work with that student that's either struggling or even for that matter advanced mm-hmm. is is very dependent on how many kids I got to take care of. Sure. Um, so, how many? What's the the, the student teacher ratio on that, or so, your target one at least? Yeah. So the ratio for younger kids is lower. So K two students, it's about one to seventeen to eighteen students. Uh, as the children get older, so like three through twelve, it's between twenty two and twenty five. Okay. So mm-hmm. the way this school is set up is to have about fifty kids per grade. So if you have three sections, K2, that's about you know, 17 kids. Uh, if you have uh, you know two sections, it's, you're getting close to 25. Okay. There we go. Clayton, you had another yeah. question. Well, uh, this one's for Michael, uh, and we talked about this kind of during the break. Um, you guys own a piece of property right down the street, right? Yes, sir. And I, I would say it's, it's vacant now. There's nothing say, there might be something you guys might be willing to sell. And, uh, you know, you have a, a group coming in saying, we'll build the school. That seems like a pretty good deal to me. I just, I'm wondering what your thoughts are. Uh, Clayton, you're been... talking about the old McDowell Cor- Correct. Okay. Yeah. Well, and that's where we have to look at their application process and see kind of what their vision is yeah. for their school facilities to see if that would be a good match. Obviously, everything's on the table sure. at this point. We want to be the best partners we can be. So if that means helping them secure some land. I think we would definitely be on board with that. Uh, obviously, details are always what's important, but we also would also uh, be willing to help them locate other property if that's sure. what's needed. Uh, there's various properties around town I think that would be um, feasible for their use. So I, I think that you know that's where the partnership comes in. You know, even though they're an independent entity, they're still working within the framework and structure of the Murray County school system. So what has to happen on, on your end with the Murray County uh, board uh, for this process to go through? We received their application yesterday, which was the deadline we've received it. It now will be sent to the board members to review, but also, more importantly, there is an uh, evaluation committee that will look at their application, critique it on the rubric set forth in TCA code. So it's not an opinion. It's not, uh, I feel this way about charter schools, so I'm going to give them a bunch of positive or negative. It's very spelled out clearly in the law. And whether it's denied or approved, there has to be rationale behind that. So if it's approved, they can, if it's denied, they can appeal it. But that committee or the board itself, actually, is where the responsibility finally lies has to be able to back up why. It goes through that advisory committee. They make a recommendation to the school board. The school board are the only 11 votes that count, the 11 members of the school board. So that's the final decision is made at that point. Uh, The recommendations, the overview comes from the committee that looks the application over, but it ultimately lies with the school board and the research that each member's done, taking into account the others. So six votes makes it happen correct okay and also when, when, do you, when do you anticipate that's going to be that's in april i believe according right. to the timeline 60 okay. days yeah but what's fantastic is the <clears throat> charter school and their performance goes into the county performance so if the charter school does well it raises 
Murray County scores across the board, which is a fantastic yeah, thing. What what intrigues me, Debbie, and I want to get on Mr. York hadn't got to answer questions. I know he seems to express reservations about charter schools, and, and he may have a number of questions. But um, we we also discussed during the break the possibility of the old Andrews School yes, site, that be which is over on Woodland Street, folks. And many of you don't remember Andrews. It's, it's behind where the Herald Building is where the big mess is now that they're building the, the new courthouse. Uh, but, <laughs> but both of these locations would be uh, very accessible to our historically black communities here in uh, Columbia. And that idea of, um, what's the right word? I, I think it has some exciting possibilities for opening some doors for some young people uh, to receive a classical education, and particularly uh, young black people. Uh, well, and, McDowell uh, serviced especially, was it Title I kids? Is that correct, Title I? Mm-hmm. And it, it serviced all of downtown Columbia children, which now yeah, we've got that hole yeah, there. Uh, uh, Mac- Either place would be fantastic. Mac- McDowell's um, constituency was, I think, largely black yeah. and Hispanic. It was, uh, before it closed, and so uh, that uh, that that might that that sort of picks my interest to maybe perhaps provide some opportunities to these young people. I think this uh, is going to be both in proximity, yes, and in classical education. Yes. But I think children of all colors are going to want this opportunity. And oh, again, yeah. this is to add to our arsenal of great education in Murray County. We've got great public teachers. We've got fantastic private <coughs> schools. We have amazing homeschool programs in this community. But we just need additional help. And I think this charter school is going to be an amazing addition to that. Well, particularly if they're going to build their own school and not come to the county for money to build it. Mr. York, I know that you've seemed to express reservations before, but do you have questions or thoughts? Yeah, i got a couple of questions uh, to Michael and to Mr. Schwank. Uh One, Michael, uh, the school board has the right to approve or disapprove uh, for the charter school application, but there's also been a committee uh, established by Governor Lee to maybe override that. And my concern is how much pressure are you getting uh, from the state in to approve any application? To Mr. Swank, uh, I want to ask you, you you kind of vague on who's funding the school, and I want to know if you're connected to Hillsdale College. And according to education experts, teaching conformity the classical education based on teaching excellence versus conformity and it looks like that will stymie productivity the other question I have is that are you including standardized tests like other public schools in your curriculum do you want to start Michael do you want me to start? Uh, yeah I'll take it <clears throat> I'll take it so I don't forget what was asked that's a very good question though as far as the pressure from the state end goes, obviously we're not being called by the governor's office saying do this or do that, but I do think that there is the reality that if we don't approve this and we don't have a good reason, because like I mentioned earlier, we have to have a rationale if we deny the application. And if we don't have that rationale and the state says, hey, you guys just did them wrong, uh, then the state could come in and force us to do that. So I think that reality is a pressure in and amongst itself, but I don't think that it's an explicit uh, 
reality or an explicit threat. One thing I do want to mention, though, from the governor's office, when I ran for office several years ago, I made the comment that I was strongly in favor of school choice, but not at the expense of gutting the public school system's funding. And I think the governor has done a lot towards helping that funding situation so that charter schools, as they do develop, don't cripple the public school system's funding. And I think that's the balance that the governor's put in place. You know, all these, you know, we can come in and overturn, we can come in and force, whatever. But I think they've also made the concessions to say, we know that it's a challenge and we're going to help you in every way we can make it happen. Uh, Michael, to your answer, several months ago, several counties decided not to approve applications for Hillsdale-related uh, related institutions, uh, I think up in Hendersonville and also in Murfreesboro. Phil, uh, do you want to comment on the Hillsdale question? Yeah, I'll pass that off to him. Sure, I can address those questions. So I I think the best way to look at Hillsdale in this, and then I'll connect it to your funding question, uh, Hillsdale is one of our affiliates, meaning there are two things that we benefit from Hillsdale. Um, There's what's called the Barney Charter School Initiative that has put together a curriculum that is over 700 pages. It's a fantastic guide that we call the Program Guide. It allows me to tell anybody who's interested in our schools exactly what we teach. I can give it to a parent, and they can look at our curriculum. It's a a fantastic curriculum. I've seen many over my, my career. Um, and the other area is the ability to train teachers. And anybody who knows about teaching, uh, teaching is hard. And so there's ongoing professional development that takes place. And one of the things that Hillsdale has put together through BCSI is a group of experts in classical education that are able to help us in our training of our teachers. And that's What's it. BCSI? Uh, Barney Charter School Initiative okay. is a group of schools. And when you were talking about are there others around the country, those are what are called BCSI schools. Okay. So when it comes to funding, to address your question, um, it does not come from Hillsdale at all. In fact, uh, the funding, these are individual donors who give money to this, so they support what's happening with these schools. So it could be anybody, literally, that wants to give money uh, towards this process. Would Hillsdale have any ownership or control of the Murray County Charters, classical charter school? Absolutely not. And uh, we haven't spoken to it in this conversation, but keep in mind, I started one of these schools in Ohio, and so it's it's very distant. This idea that they have any kind of control is not true. Uh, In fact, uh, the agreement that we'd be making is with Murray County, um, and they would be the one that would be looking over our, our our work. And so the last part of your question, you had asked about the testing. We take the exact same test that all your kids take in the public system here. Um, and so the scores that come from that are seen the same as you would at any of the other schools here in the county. Okay. The, the other question I have is that classical education challenges children to use their natural abilities uh, for physical development at every stage. And you're starting at the most a precious age but the other end of that spectrum is that it classical education by itself may not allow students to develop skills to deal with the current job market or our work uh, a setting in 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 america and that that that's a, a proven fact by a lot of researchers Go ahead, Mr. York, it's break time. Let's hang on to that question, and, and uh, let's ask it again after the break. And, and uh, so uh, let, let's, let's take a break and come back and get, and get Mr. Swank's answer to that question. This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. 
Ram owners know tough, and they know what they want. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us to have a huge inventory. Call or stop by to talk to one of our Jeep or Ram product specialists, and we will help you build your dream ride. You can count on us. Choose a 1500, 2500, or 3500. Pick the power, options, even the color you want. Buy online and save time with our online shopping tool. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? Or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry. We're this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. Have you been injured in a car accident? Are you still in pain? Untreated whiplash injuries to the spine may lead to future conditions, such as neck pain, low back pain, and headaches. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating these conditions before they get worse. Our accident consultations are free. Call me, painfree.com, or call 615-551-9224. Kick off the new year with new home upgrades from Hiller. This month, when you buy something you need for your home, we'll give you something you want. For a limited time, when you purchase a new whole home generator, new tankless water heater, or select new HVAC systems, we'll give you a free 55-inch TV, free solo smokeless stove, or a free Nintendo Switch. Pick your prize when you upgrade essential systems for your home. Don't wait. Book online at happyhiller.com today. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Do you want your business advertising to reach more listeners? Not sure how? At Front Porch Radio, we want you to reach more listeners than ever before. Let people know what you do and where to reach you, right here on Front Porch Radio. It's fast, fun, and easy to get started growing your business today. Contact James Dickinson at 931-446-2028. That's 931-446-2028. Front Porch Radio, we can make your dreams come true. Yeah, I just want to say that your show is disgusting. Two white men and a white woman attacking a black man who's a Democrat, yet you have no balance to anything that you say. You act like a bunch of Southern You are ridiculous. You're a horrible show. You're a horrible representation of Tennessee. Y'all are disgusting. You're disgusting human beings. And either balance it out with someone who has a half a clue what they can talk about. You got a bus driver up there acting like he's better than him just because of what? I have no idea what his points are other than what Tucker Carlson told him what to say. Y'all are disgusting human beings. You need to get off the Three Dudes with a View, triggering liberals between Dollywood and Graceland Monday through Thursday from 8 to 9 a.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM.
Southside Johnny and the Jukes. Just walk away, Renee. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing? Doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jimmy York. How are you? Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody. Regular special guest to Debbie Matthews. Good morning. All right. Now, we've got a couple of special guests. Again, we are having uh, a conversation about uh, the application of the American Classical Schools to put a classical charter school here in Murray County, located in or around Columbia, uh, eventually building up to K-12, through a public school open to anyone on first-come, first-served basis. Uh, and the school would be paid for uh, not by Murray County, but by uh, American Classical Schools, the physical building itself. So that being said, we've got uh, Chairman Michael Fulbright, Chairman of the Murray County School Board with us. Good morning, Mr. Fulbright. Good morning. And we've got Mr. Phil Swank, who is with American Classical Schools and uh, is answering our questions about what it would look like, how it would work. Good morning, Mr. Swank. Good morning. All right, and Miss York, I believe. Let me. Your question was: If the, this charter school would it uh, address the need for trade education? Is is that what you were asking about? Yeah, for the future, uh, because it teaches conformity uh, of excellence, which means that it it doesn't conform to what's going on in in the in the environment. Uh, it's heavy on natural abilities, but. That means that kids might have good natural abilities, but when they get ready to take on a job or work in the future, they don't have those skills. So I'm saying, how do they bridge that? Uh, that's the re- that's what research shows. Classical education is good for some people, but not for a whole host of folks. And and it provides uh, it doesn't provide the needs, and and it competes with public education. So I, I assume I could address that. <laughs> yeah, Swank, I think that was you. Yes, yeah, there's, a, there's two parts of that question, because um, uh, you've asked, Jim, that it's about conformity. I, I would actually disagree with that. Uh, in fact, fundamentally, uh, giving some of my background, I've been in public education for 30 years. Classical education is centered on free thought, the idea of teaching thinkers that are able to think freely, and they're well-read, and they're reasonable, and they're able to look at things. So the idea of conformity in that sense, uh, no, we want free-thinking, problem-solving, critical-thinking people, which I think lends itself to the second part of your question. Um, to give you some of my own background, I've been the principal of a career tech ed school. I've been the uh, principal of a college prep school. I've been the principal of a dropout recovery school. I've seen all the things that you're talking about. Um, and fundamentally, one of the issues that we're having in this country is that we're not producing people that can make themselves into the workforce as far as their literacy rates and their ability to do numeracy and logic and ration and problem solving. Uh, I would suggest that a child that comes out of classical education is able to do all those things, uh, meaning that they have the skill sets necessary to pick up a trade or to become a lawyer or a teacher or anything else they may choose to be uh, because they'll be well-read. Uh, one of the major struggles we're having in career tech ed in this country is that we're putting people in that space. They may learn a trade, for example, but they're struggling with the literacy part of it. And one of the misconceptions about what's happening in like can't man- read the manual. Yeah, they, well, they can't even read the application. Uh, we're having issues with kids. That's not, not necessarily <laughs> true for the majority of kids. The majority of kids are doing well. That's why we got SpaceX. So, uh, I, I believe me, I, in Cleveland, I ran a career tech ed school. And I'm telling you that one of the biggest struggles that we've had, like we'd have kids that were exceptional welders, for example, that would struggle with the manuals or actually applying, and I'd have to help them do that. Uh, the issue for me is that if you get a kid who's well-read, learned, can write, read, think, 
be numerically sound, they can take on any of these different tasks because they're able to read and think and discuss and learn about these things that they'd like to do. So I'd say that to go hand in hand. But your general concept that not every school is for everybody, I agree with that as well. Um, there may be some kids at classical schools aren't where they fit, uh, but that doesn't mean that if I want to be a plumber, for example, I can't go to a, a classical school. Sure you can. I mean, you're just very learned and you learn the trade of being a plumber. Um, so I don't think they're inconsistent, and I think that's why the partnership that we've been talking about with your local district is so important, because it allows us to have this conversation about what's in the best interest of each of your children. All right, Mr. York. You're it also, your, your curriculum also uh, includes uh, the Bible, right? Well, not as such. No, we don't teach, not a religious school. So, no, we don't. I mean, it's no. There's Most no classical Bible. schools do have a religious curriculum. Well, that's, historically, that's not necessarily true. Is it true that there are religious schools today that have classical education? Well, of course. This is a public school, meaning we don't have a religious affiliation. That would be illegal. Absolutely. I mean, they can't. They can't. They can't do religion any more than any other public school, Mister York. I think Mike Law had a really good question about kids that maybe struggle and what that looks like. Mike, you want to ask that question? Well, just. Uh, the question I had you know, during the break was was involving uh, you know students that were struggling. Is there uh, that consistently struggled and, and stuff? Is there a minimum performance uh, uh, level that uh, you know to maintain your your position in the school? Uh, uh, it's already been established that there's not necessarily one to get into the school, but is there one to maintain your position in the school? Well, we want kids learning. So, yeah, there's basic things that we want a, a child to be able to do, but it's our job to support them to that end. Uh, mm-hmm. Meaning, so for example, if you have a third grader that's reading at the first grade level, for example, obviously our work is to get that child to be on, on grade level. So, yeah, I mean, but that's throughout all of education. Yeah. I mean, that's something I could look at the state, look at the standards, what the expectations but, are. But as a, uh, and this may be an oversimplification, and forgive me if it is, but if, you know, say you've got a student that's, uh, you know, you, you've kind of gone through your, your support. Mm-hmm. processes and stuff like that still is really struggling and you've got three other students or five other students over here on the waiting list that have you know what well, is this student in any danger of losing their position because they're not performing at a certain level no absolutely not okay. our, our our job is to exhaust and exhaust and exhaust every opportunity to get to a kid on task and the the idea is being in a district which is our hope to do that 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 becomes part of the general conversation we're able to talk with your district about you know if, if it's not working it's not working it's not working it's not working there may be another platform that benefits that child but that's a decision that's made by the you know the parents and anybody else who cares about that child as far as the best okay. placement of that child but it's not our hope to remove them and then pull in another child yeah. because right. it's Thank difficult. You. Mr. Swain, one of the things that Tennessee has just done is if the, a kid doesn't pass third grade uh, test, then they're going to retain them. And I'm saying my, my complaint is why would you allow a student to go three years in, in a school and then he can't do the functions that he need to do on grade level? What are you doing before that happens? What interventions are taking place? And just like you just stated, a kid in third grade reading on the first grade level, that should never happen unless he's a special education classified student. 
Well, I mean, I absolutely agree with what you're saying, Jim. I, I'm shocked that we have kids in the third grade, and it is exceptional. There are going to be children that struggle in the third grade that have ex- exceptional need. Uh, but to give you specific statistics, the school that's the same type of school I'm starting to start here uh, that I started in Ohio, we had 45 kids last year take the, the Ohio's uh, K-3 reading test, uh, and only uh, 42 or 42 of them passed it. We had three kids that struggled with it, and my expectation would be that over the next year we'd be able to get them up to par. But I agree with you. Um, I think that as a school system, we should be able to get pretty close to 100% of our kids reading by the time they're in the third grade. Um, And that's what our work is. And we've demonstrated that we're able to do that. Big question. You have 25 schools throughout this nation. Why Tennessee? Well, we were invited. (laughs) It's the simplest way to put it, Uh, uh, basically. Who invited you? Well, Bill did. Bill Lee. So there oh, was okay. a, there was the a governor invited you. Okay. Yeah, there was a conversation a couple of years ago, um, and we were invited to come uh, establish these schools here because these schools have done well. Um, so that's why we're here. I'm glad you asked that because I've had to answer that question a lot. I'm I'm here because I was invited to be here, and frankly, I think that we're trying to bring in an exceptional program that would benefit your kids. Okay, Mr. York, go ahead. You know, you appear to be the skeptic here, and I think it's, that's important that that. Uh, you 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 uh, uh, get the, the the answers to your skeptics. I'm the other voice, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what what else you got? Right. I think Mr. Fulbright has something he uh, wants to say. Yeah. I mean the, the the knowledge the knowledge that classical education provides is just passing information down from one generation to another. So. You know, right now there's a great debate in some states about not uh, creating a diverse curriculum, uh, that uh, African-American history is not uh, educational worthy, and Chinese, Japanese, Spanish, and all the others are. What will you do in classical education that's drastically different from what the other proponents are saying that's not educational in terms of African-American history? Well, my my first thing that I'd really push to do is if you can get your hands on the program guide, which I I would let you look through it, I think you would be surprised at how much we talk about all the different groups of people that you're talking about. We talk about American history. American history is a diverse history. Um, So I I would start there. I I don't think that uh, this idea that we would not talk about certain groups of people, that's an unfair, and it's not even consistent with the program guide we have. Um, so I would highly suggest you look at You can even look at our scope and sequence. If you go onto our website, uh, AmericanClassicalSchools.com, you'll see that uh, we touch on Americans. This is a diverse country with a diverse history. Um, and it's a unique history. Uh, we very much allow ourselves to talk about who the United States is and what we stand for and what our documents are. Um, and that includes all groups of people, regardless of you know their race or their color or their religious background. Um, it's a true education. Keep in mind, I mean, I taught history for 12 years. Um, I would say this is by far one of the strongest curriculums I've ever seen, including an honest conversation about who we are in the United States and our diversity. Chairman Fulbright, you got something? Yeah, just before we run out of time, I want to make a comparison here. We've talked about this model of having a K-12 through facility with approximately 700 to 800 students coming in and starting new here in Murray County, but this is not a new concept for murray county we three of our most beloved schools in the county fit that description that being Cullioca, santa fe and hampshire uh, i think that this model is going to be very close to what we already have with our unit schools but it's going to be here closer into columbia one thing i would do uh, we do have the votes of the school board that we have to consider those of you that live in 
Hampshire, Santa Fe, Cullioca, I would definitely call your school board representative, let them know your feelings on <clears throat> your community school and how that could be applied to Columbia. Those of you in Columbia, call and if this is something that's uh, of interest to you, let your school board members know. And if you live in Spring Hill or Mount Pleasant, call and just talk to them and let them know what you think. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Phil, if you, do you want to give your email where they can email you directly sure. if they're in support of the school, where that could go in with? Yes, absolutely. And feel free to email me. I'll address any question you send to me. But it's P. Schwenk, so P S C H W E N K, at American Classical Schools plural american classical schools.com okay chairman fulbright do you have any sense of where the school board is or is it uh doing like like we've been doing listening asking questions well it's been a lot of listening and asking questions you know you can tell a lot about how people's views on things like this are just from their comments over various meetings i would say it'd be a pretty close vote so that's why I think it's important to get public opinion. Uh, if you're a parent, especially with a child in Murray County, and feel strongly about this, please reach out to your school board members. Just as much information as we can gather, it'll be more helpful for us. Okay. Very interesting and informative discussion, folks. Um, we could do two hours of this. We, we could. I don't know how, how many people are staying tuned in or we're putting them to sleep. But, uh, <laughs> no. The, uh, this, we're putting out information that's very important uh, here to the future of Murray County and its children and its education system. Uh, and so, uh, well, you know, and, and I'm sort of in the category. I mean, I think, what, what is it, Clayton, our, or Michael, you know, I mean, our uh, grade level performance at third grade in Murray County it's like 30%. Yeah. Uh, it's much lower than it should be, I can tell you that. Yeah, but so, I mean, a third, uh, only one-third of our students in third grade in Murray County can read and operate on grade level. Uh, folks, there's an old country music song, you know, do something even if it's wrong, <laughs> you know, I mean. <laughs> no, that, that that's not an approach we need to, to uh, you know. All right, Mr. Shorkley, wrap it up. What do you think we ought to do? What's the fix? Well, we, 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 need, we need to do what in terms of providing funds and resources to schools so that more money. kids can learn. More, more people, more money. That's I think a teacher and a student, that's it. All you know.